So I think I finally figured out Donald Trump's motivations. It's like the movie Brewster's Millions. He was given the choice, take a small fortune up front, or you get incredible riches and power beyond belief if you can somehow figure out how to destroy the country in just 30 days. The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! You know, there really is a song for everything. Welcome to Trump Reports. We're on Twitter at Trump Report ABTV. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. And to my left, camera right, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. The well-rested and energetic, didn't check the news at all on her vacation, <laughs> Chelsea Galicia. I wish. And Scott Moore at Sman80. Welcome to... The Trump Report, don't forget, of course, you should uh, follow us on Twitter, as I said, like us on YouTube, comment, rate on iTunes, all that good stuff. So, comment there's a lot now. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, right, of course. And uh, for those of you that are watching us live on YouTube, uh, join us in the chat room. Neil, when you get a moment, if you can show us the chat, we'll see what Storage Yard Resident is up to. Because and the other Kim K. Other Kim K will, of course, yeah. be there. I think uh, uh, Slinky will be there. There'll be the usual cast of characters. So, obviously, there's a lot to talk about. But let's talk sort of with the newest news, the actual news. The uh, Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of a funnier way to say it, but I'm like, oh, it's just sort of one of those Gorsuch. But there are two ways to talk about this. New York Times said in a very, uh, a very wordy way, a jurist whose conservative bent and originalist philosophy fit the mold of the man he would succeed. And National Review summed it down to a worthy heir to Scalia. So... If confirmed, Judge Gorsuch would restore the 5-4 split between liberals and conservatives on the court. And uh, Justice Kennedy, who is 80, uh, will be the swing vote, as usual. So, uh, Scott, obviously you were well-versed in uh, in Judge Gorsuch before this, mm-hmm. so you didn't have to scramble and look him up over the last couple hours. But you tell us all the vast knowledge you have of him. <laughs> well, um... I would start by saying it's a surprisingly normal choice, a, a conser- on paper, uh, a conservative choice, something that I wasn't expecting from Donald Trump because the whole day he's tweeting, you know, big announcement tonight, making it like a TV reality show, and people were joking about that. Uh, but he fits the the conservative choice for, you know, Republicans are going to be very happy by this choice. Um, uh, the interesting thing that you brought up, though, is he actually was Kennedy's uh, clerk, yeah. Uh, as well as Byron Wright. So he, he, you know, he comes with the credentials. Again, he's a Harvard Law School grad. Actually, was at Harvard Law School when Obama was there. Um, very young. So that's another thing that's going to make conservatives very happy. He's only 49, so he could be on the court for 40 years. He's almost young enough that he could have a show at After Buzz. Not quite, <laughs> but he's almost that young. Yeah. Uh, and he definitely has the Republican pedigree. His mom, Ann, was the, the EPA uh, administrator under uh, Reagan, uh, the mm-hmm. first female Administrator, so he he comes with the solid Republican credentials, uh, you know, conservative credentials, like you said. He 
obviously would not be someone I would pick if I was president uh, because I don't agree with uh, his philosophy. He's a textualist, so again, he sure. is very much under the the Scalia type of mold. Um, he's actually more to the right of Scalia if you really were to look at sort of his beliefs and what he is, has uh, picked in the past and and judged on in the past. Uh, he's to the right of Scalia, but he's actually not quite as far right as Clarence Thomas, who's really the most right out of everybody on the court right now. That was literally so, the question I had in my head to say, would you say he's more to the right of Clarence Thomas? I would Clarence say he's he left of Clarence that. Thomas, yeah. but to the right of Scalia. But, you know, as tends to happen, there can be surprises, like David Souter, which was George H.W. Bush's uh, pick, ended up being very liberal. Um, and there's a thing Also that, known as the whoops... Pick. Yeah. <laughs> but even Kennedy, you know, yeah. Reagan pick, uh, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the 80s with, uh, you know, the last year picking a, a Supreme Court justice thing that doesn't, you know, that, that whole BS that the Republicans did last year, uh, last year of a presidency kind of thing. He ends up being the, the swing vote. And he, again, was picked by a conservative and had the conservative credentials. So it's not to say that, that someone won't moderate all, over time or that he's not going to be... Uh, as conservative, but on paper he pretty much is. He was the big uh, guy behind the Hobby Lobby decision, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple years ago with the Obama administration of Obamacare. Um, but he hasn't actually done any huge or abortion cases or any LGBT cases. We're just seeing things from what he said or what he's gleaned from the past of, of maybe what directions he would go for. Which he seems very pro religious freedom and and again, bottom line, a very normal pick from Donald Trump, which I'm surprised about, for conservatives. I I think the very first question that he should be asked in his Senate hearing is, if the Senate does not hold hearing for a Supreme Court nominee, is that a violation of the Constitution? Well, I think that uh, there are people who would like to ask that question, and I suppose it's possible. It would be interesting to know what his his thinking is. So, Chelsea, as our uh, self-admitted recovering attorney... Your thoughts on, you know, to some extent, thoughts on Judge Gorsuch, but also what this means if he is confirmed, which to me, you should probably confirm this guy because the next guy is probably the one he really wanted to put on there. You know, the. <laughs> I don't know. It is such a freaking disaster that Democrats didn't figure out how to get Merrick Garland in there. Mm-hmm. And it is so damaging to the, the country that Obama's pick didn't get a fair shot. And this kind of decision will last a long time. Like, I haven't even been alive for 40 years. Like, longer than my lifetime now. Sorry. (laughs) So I think this was was one of the reasons why when I was, you know, Bernie was out and I was like, all right, what do I do now? And everybody's like, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court. And it's like, okay, fine, yes. I, I One of the top three reasons to support Hillary in the end was because of the Supreme Court. It is that important to me personally, and I think that important to what's going to happen to the country. And so I think it's a big freaking deal. I mean, there's there's so many things coming at us left and right, the ban and DeVos and you know all, all the confirmation hearings. They all seem like a big deal. Um, and many of them are a big freaking deal. But this one is like a humongous mm-hmm. freaking deal. And so I just... Uh, when I was I was listening on the car ride over here, his his speech and you know sounds very smart and articulate, but he gets in there some sort of like jabs 
well, I take him as a jab. For Republicans, it's probably like, you know, nods of like, I, you know, I, I really believe in allowing Congress to write the laws and that the uh, justices are only supposed to apply the Constitution. It, it's all, it's, it's sort of um, dog whistle politics mm -hmm. um, for I will... Um, give you whatever you want, Republicans. I will. I will not really question it because unless in the Constitution it says something, then it's not true. But it's very weird because if you look at like Scalia, Scalia was very convinced that corporations were people. Of mm -hmm. course, it doesn't say that in the Constitution. It also it doesn't say anything about abortions strictly in the Constitution. And you know, they, many conservatives say if something is not banned by the Constitution, then it's legal. So, therefore, abortion would be legal. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that line of thinking, but that's what they say. Mm -hmm. And so I just, the hypocrisy rubs me all the wrong ways, and um, it's not a good day. No, 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 not at all. And that's what I was going to say, the hypocrisy, and, and that was part of my thing as I was getting my trolls on Twitter today because I was basically writing to Mitch McConnell's Twitter you know, his hypocrisy of saying we need to, you know, have these hearings right away and everything. And and I think what they did last year, they might have it was a very shrewd tactical move and it worked for them this time, but it will not work in the future necessarily. And it sets a really bad precedence for any future uh, Supreme Court vacancies, because now that's been set that any time there is an election year, then, uh, you know, Supreme Court nominees are not going to be heard. And it's a horrible, horrible, horrible precedence. And you're right with that is that should be. Question number one to this nominee, how do you know with the Constitution and, and everything? Because it's a horrible precedence, without a doubt. And it's terrible that Merrick Garland wasn't even heard uh, last year. Right. Well, uh, our friend Jason Blair's in the chat room and he says that uh, his, his answer would be would be no, and, and and he would be right. Now, I'm just reading it's what's in... It's, well, it's the no to the question that I asked? The no to asked. the question that you said we'd be asked. It's not it, unconstitutional? It's not unconstitutional, is how he feels. And, you know, I mean, if there had been a Democratic Congress, then that's who would have been on the Supreme Court. But, I wonder about... Oh, sorry, I'll let you get to okay. the thought in a second. I wonder if there's any, you know, long-term or will be able to look back as this being a, a unique instance because we did have a justice pass away. Usually they retire to sort of match with the administration that they that they have, you know, because, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to be in there a lot longer than she wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know, she was ready to go. Mm -hmm. You could definitely tell. But she's going to hang on. And I, I don't know. I don't know what we'll see. I, I understand the frustration, obviously, but... I think it happened very early last year that uh, Scalia died. You know, if it had happened... It was February. Yeah, if it had uh, happened like closer to the election, I, I it made more sense to me. Yeah. But <clears throat> at the same... You know, because if it happened in the... Say, just hypothetically, it happened in September, well, then it sort of feels like you're trying to stuff something in there for, you know, an election you may have but, uh, but, but I was going to say, even if it happened in September the current president's term goes until January 20th. So regardless of when that is, it still sets a bad precedence. And where do we draw the line then? So then if, if we're saying it's, it's you know, not unconstitutional, then we're going to say, well, we're not going to hear anyone uh, now because sure. the midterms are coming up next year. And that was the thing I, I had tweeted to, to Senator McConnell. I was like, should we now wait until the midterms so everyone has a voice for their senators since their senators are the ones deciding yeah. on the nominee? I mean, yeah, where do we draw point. the line? And yeah. that's the problem. If we're saying that's not, then then what do we do with that? And, and you know, there's been talk that there wasn't always nine, and there wasn't always nine 
Supreme Court justices. So yeah, so our friend not? Jason just why not go down to eight, way, seven? There six. could be ten or eleven. Yeah, you know? so I mean, it's so it's just it's, interesting. It's, it's, to a, see. it's a it's a slippery slope, yeah. and you know, William Rehnquist had died; he had gotten ill and passed away yeah. during Bush's administration. So you know, the, these justices are all, and the majority of them are in their seventies and eighties. And there is a good chance that someone could pass away unexpectedly because yeah. they're older. So it just sets a very bad precedence because, again, now we're, we're starting to decide when is it appropriate to for a president to submit. And, the, frankly, the term is January 20th to January 20th. So that means if it happened January 1st, then he should still have the, the opportunity to submit uh, you know, nominee, and that's that's well, you can it submit be. it, or you know, and then what happened last year is probably what right. Happened. But that's, I felt that's, like you were that's trying to get problem, something. That's in, a problem, and that's not good for democracy when that happens. Did you just yeah. go back to Guatemala mentally? Did you just <laughs> ship? No. Sometimes I read people's comments, and I'm like, I can't believe I share the same planet with them. Well, that's not a nice thing to say. These are people who are kind enough to watch our show, and some of them just, every week. I just some of them, like in their in in their statement, in their comment, say something that is. Um, it, it's never mind. I just <laughs> it, it's um it. it I, I don't even want to point it out, but it's it's just like how how do you how do you I. I well, look to to that point to some extent. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a very polarizing yeah, no, time is. in this country. It's very divisive, and I saw Bruce Lee in the chat room. Who uh, we appreciate you being here most weeks. Uh, you did make an interesting <laughs> statement, though. You said conservative equals asshole, and I feel no, like Lauren, you're not crazy. I feel like that's <laughs> not the kind of you know that doesn't help let's put it that way you know you can certainly feel that way but that sort of approach doesn't help sort of get through some of these topics which we have the really big topic and we were talking beforehand we're going to probably not get to too many different things here because this is a big one we're going to talk about it very slowly there's going to be some disagreement but everybody's going to get their chance to talk about it so in processing, trying to understand, which I still don't understand, by the way, I tried to better understand uh, President Trump's executive order on immigration. So I did some research uh, this afternoon. I uh, had a couple of different articles. I had one from the Washington Post, and it was a very thorough piece that uh, David French wrote for the National Review. Now, the National Review is, is an opinion piece, is an opinion magazine, I guess is the best way to put it. But at the same time, I do think that they're uh, very competent organization in terms of collecting information it definitely skews but i think i I just needed something else that basically wasn't the washington times and i I, so i kind of mixed and matched some thoughts from both of those and we'll sort of talk a little bit about it and obviously there can be plenty of counterpoints here in the studio and those of you in the chat room and of course everybody on twitter at trump report abtv so uh what exactly did president trump do did he implement the muslim ban that he promised on the campaign trail no that is not exactly what he did uh he kind of backed off a little bit from the campaign promises not saying that you know there there couldn't be those around the corner but this was an executive order that was believe it or not designed to moderate refugee restrictions and temporary provisions aimed directly at limiting immigration from what they consider to be jihadist conflict Zones. It's very wordy, uh, but that's me cutting down a few paragraphs. So we're going to talk a little bit about the the key provisions, and would be great if we're able to sort of come to some better understanding. 
but I've seen a lot of coverage about this where I don't know that the people talking about it on both sides <laughs> really understand what this was. And, and I, I mean very strongly that both sides are definitely sort of running with this in completely the wrong direction. Chelsea? I mean, first of all, that comes up for me is the constitutionality of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not constitutional. I In what way? Because it's an executive order? or uh, No, because it is illegal to discriminate against somebody based on the country that they come from. And even though, you know, he has this whole, like, you know, the safety of the it's all a bunch of B frickin' S. Um, the law school professor that has remained my idol, uh, he wasn't my professor, but he did become the dean of um, UC Irvine's law school, which wasn't around until after I went to law school, but be that as it may, Erwin Chemerinsky is my personal um, legal uh, scholar, hero, and he wrote a great article for the LA Times that really nicely lays out why it's unconstitutional and that really you, it, it, it's not that complicated to see that it is very unconstitutional. So whether it's like, is this a Muslim ban? But no, because he didn't ban all Muslims. And the I saw somebody arguing, it doesn't say Muslims in there, so it's not a Muslim band, I, uh, ban. I just, you know, the ridiculous comments that I see. From the get-go, just what it says on its face mm-hmm. is unconstitutional. And so I almost don't even want to get into the nitty-gritty of it because it seems like we're then normalizing it or validating it by talking about the details of it when it's like we just got to shut it down from the very top as in this cannot fly and that the a, a judge tried to stop it four judges tried to stop it and they're like well we're just going to keep going i mean this is now hinging on a breaking democracy because when the checks and balances don't work we're all screwed no, now that last statement, I, I definitely agree with. Um, I, I think it is important to sort of go through some of the things mm-hmm. uh, in the chat. Jason Blair pointed out that he thinks that most uh, Trump voters probably expected that this would last longer than ninety to one hundred and twenty days. And to the the point that has been made by others in the media, there are some key Muslim countries that are not factored mm-hmm. into this. Case in point. All of the countries that the 9-11 terrorists all came right. from. And it's just sort of an interesting omission. And, I, and you know, you can... Interesting you can, omission. Well, you right. can Which believe. is the fact that they brought it up yeah. multiple times and when he was doing this executive right. order. He and mentioned 9-11 three or four times. And you can, you can believe it's because, you know, Saudi Arabia is a, a very close mm-hmm. ally. Probably wrongly, I'll, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go further and say it's because Trump has business dealings with him. I think it has a lot more to do with who our allies are. Right. Uh, you know, these are. But that's these a coincidence, are, though. But a very strong coincidence. It's a very strong when Turkey, Egypt, yeah. Saudi Arabia. He has properties and, of investments in those countries. And these and are, are the, yeah, conveniently left these, off. These yeah. are these are countries that that have uh, to sort of try to lighten the mood. There's some bad hombres in these countries: mm-hmm. uh, Iraq, Syria, Iran. Libya, I can't believe Wait, that you could come on. here from a Libya from Libya for the last thirty years. I just I'm surprised at all. Let me just get but, through the list. There's only three more: Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. So mm-hmm. those are the ones that are many countries that countries. we're bombing, that we're right. destroying. Right. Sure. Majority we're of those creating were actually, havoc. We are, we're and then we're like, the oh, we don't want him to have anything to do with mm-hmm. it, even though it, we started. It's like, did you? It's mm-hmm. like I had a little sister, and she would like kick me under the table, and then I would like punch her back mm-hmm. harder, and then of course she's like, ow, and then you know parents get mad at me. But it's like. 
they're they're screaming out in pain because of what we kicked didn't just kick them under the table we freaking bombed them and currently bombing them and and, and, and so it's to, it's, to be it's like oh we need to defend ourselves wait a minute you're being we're being aggressive in the first place so when i see these short-sighted comments about we have to take care of ourselves first it's like how about we stop being so aggressive in the first place it's just i, I don't know if people don't know what's going on don't understand psychology or just i i, I don't understand totally why people are so ignorant well if we're not going to stop our aggression all the more reason to not let people who have a bone to pick with us into the country but that but that's the problem though is the is the fact that it's not going to work and the fact is we're making we're we're he's claiming he's making us more safe but in reality it's making us less safe because the world is 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 more angry and upset and and across the psychology certainly stirred up a pot and upset people in completely other countries in in this country doesn't you know, help make yeah. the world safer. It makes it less safe. Does everybody need... Know. We need a constitutional law class that's required for everybody mm-hmm. and, like, psychology 101 yes. about how people... There's very simple cause and effect of behaviors mm-hmm. that are pretty fundamental that I... I, I did, did you take psychology in high school? Where I, I took it in high school, school. I took it yeah. in college. It was one of my... I, I may have taken it in college. Minors. I don't remember. But I mean, there's a lot of... They focus on the disorders in high school, but yeah. I, it's just... Well, it Donald just Trump seems, has a lot of them, too. That's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. A whole Wait, hold on. Did you guys... Raising her to the DSM. She clearly has something to say. Did <laughs> you see that Catalog. Jason Chaffetz suggested that maybe we need to have a mental health evaluation for presidential nominees? We said it now, but he he didn't he didn't say it earlier. Right, I know. So that's spoke, interesting. Yeah, it's, it, so I was like, I think that and, and the tax uh, releases so should be part of the process J- to Jason be president. Chaffetz clearly clearly running for something in the next few years, which I I was I almost impressed. I was impressed I know, for like thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, but back to the executive order for the the specifics of it. You know, there was a, a phrase that now President Trump used during the campaign, which was, we're going to use extreme vetting, which saying extreme vetting makes it sound like, you know, the bigly, the huge, and those things. And I think I understand the concept of, you know, we should definitely vet people from a number of countries, whether you agree with the ones that are on the list or aren't. That's not Hold the point. Hold on a second. Are, aren't we doing that? We are already we? are. We have a really strict process. But, Nobody that's gotten through that process right. in the last, so, I don't know how long, to, to the has point, killed any of us. Right. But to so, the point that, that those processes were put in place. More people have died from car accidents or people texting say, more people and died driving. From white- you know, men going out here and, and, and going for religious Dylan purposes Roof, here anybody. in the U.S. And that's the problem is that we're focusing on the wrong thing. And I understand and, people are scared. People are scared. Right, but it's like that, it's but. like coddling a child who's scared of a monster under their bed. We're like, okay, we're going to kill the monster. We're mm. going to kill the monster. At what point do you tell them there's not a monster under your bed, that there's actually other things to worry about? Well, to be fair, we're not going to kill the monster. We're going to send the monster to Gitmo and see if we can get any information out of the monster <laughs> for some of its monster allies, just to point of order. <laughs> now, uh, I, I don't know. Look, I understand. Look, there's There's been the transfer of power that obviously a lot of people are upset about. These things were put in place by a different administration with a, a different outlook. So the idea that, all right, we want to slow things down a little bit and take a look at it and figure out what we need to change, obviously that is not the extent of what's happened. You know, if it was just like, all right, we're going to slow things down a little bit. This was like, all right, we're going to stop everything for, you know, f- three or four months, depending on which part of it you're looking at. And ultimately they want to uh, cap refugee admissions at 50,000 people per year which is sort of reflective of what happened during President Bush's term. So 
there's definitely they definitely want to roll back the odometer a little bit, like they tried to do in Ferris oh. Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yes. I'd like to address story. What if Stuart's you do find a monster under the bed? Then you deal with that monster, which is what Obama did when he suspended people coming from Iraq for six yes, months in because there was yep. a specific threat mm-hmm. uh, that they found and that they were doing. They were looking into that specific threat. They were looking at that specific monster to see if there was anything there. But what Much you would do with pointed. the monster is make sure that it has legal representation and its case is heard <laughs> and it does not get sent off to Gitmo. Yes, that's probably Look, true. we're pro-monsters here, all right? Don't let anyone say that the Trump report is is an outlet that is anti-monster. Uh, it's yeah. mostly the so, friendly so Sesame what, what Street what I'm saying kind. is if there actually is a monster, then we deal with it. But the thing is, is that we are addressing too many made-up monsters. Yeah, right. That's the thing is that it's too vague... And, and uh, like you were saying with Obama's uh, ban in 2011, it had a specific threat. This is just a vague blanket for countries, and it doesn't really go to the root of the problem. And already now, customs agents can stop anyone and do a secondary screening when they come in the country. Even if they have their green card and everything else, if they feel that they're suspicious, they're able to do a secondary screening before they're allowed to enter the country. We already have a lot of checks and balances without having to go through this and stopping specific groups of people from coming in. Like, um, I, I would have much preferred that he started cracking down on, like, the heroin overdoses. Those are killing more Americans than terrorists. So, and, and he did address it in okay, his campaign that that was a really sure. big problem. And, and he wants to address it in the wrong way. But at least, I mean, I would be on board with an effort to address a problem that is actually a problem. Okay, that's one way to look at it. The other is in terms of potential problems you're trying to prevent. If, it's not like if it's somebody open goes borders in, completely sure, and we don't it, have any vetting. But if somebody goes and overdoses on heroin at a shopping mall, that's going to impact the you know individual who overdoses on heroin and the horrified children. Now, if you're worrying about potential terrorists coming in with uh, bigger a- ambition that could obviously impact more people. So to the extent that sure heroin overdoses are very important, but I, I think that this is also important. And I don't know that I feel that this There's has been addressed in the best way. There's a scarcity of resources for us to address these problems. We, you can have careful vetting, which I think history shows that we must have pretty careful vetting because we haven't had a terrorist attack from a foreign terrorist on our soil since 9-11. Did mm-hmm. I get that right? And that Besides we, the, the, the Boston Marathon, but they were the here. American citizens. Sure. They came back or here. They I mean, been, you're, yeah. you're splitting hairs at that point. But, but let's talk about you know the magnitude of 9-11. There's been nothing right. to that extent. But, but the problem is there's... Meanwhile, a, thousands are dying of like drinking too much soda mm-hmm. and... Uh, well, it's not even it's not even heroin. It's actual legal pain meds and so many other problems. I mean, I that think that really... that's a much more serious problem than you know the the sodas. The people are going to drink it or right, not. The painkillers. But, pain but I'm telling you, sugar is killing more people sure, than terrorists. Right. But but going back to the terrorism thing, like you were saying, is is the problem is there's always going to be a way for somebody to do something. Whether is if they can't get in. Then somebody else from another country will. Uh, homegrown terrorism is a huge problem. Um, That's so where I, we should focus if we want to focus on right, terrorism. I it's don't homegrown. Feel you know this is more about optics to make people feel like oh he's taking charge and being law and order, but it really doesn't again go to the root of the problem. Except make a blanket, nondescript kind of uh, ban that does nothing in the in the big scheme of things to improve our safety, but does everything. To piss off, like I said, the rest of the world sure. and and 
it just makes it more right for people to be like, well, now we need to, you know, get back at, at America. And it's just not the right way of looking at it. And, and that's the inevitable, inevitable that thing is problem. that it's going to piss more people off, hate us more. And they will, the deeper the hatred, the, the, the increased will for them to overcome right, to find whatever. a way to do whatever they need to do. Just like the wall, the wall is not going to stop people from coming over or drugs coming over to this country. It's not going to. There's always well, ways there's around. Well, there's a simple reason why the, the wall won't work is because there will still be tunnels. So right, the, the, and, the, and the water wall. and going around, yeah, you know, and I coming mean, in other ways. And I mean, ladders. It, it, it just doesn't yeah. work. Helicopters. So it's, it's focusing on the wrong thing to solve a, a problem. And yes, it's not an easy problem to solve, but this is the wrong way of looking at it to solve this problem. And, it, and it's just very bad for... A very bad precedence, again, sort of like the Supreme Court nomination. It's, like, it's bad precedence for us to be doing these type of things. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously it'll be, as with anything, you know, we'll have hindsight and look back as to whether or not the vetting that was in place during the previous administration was thorough enough. It could very well have been. And, you know, this is sort of big overall umbrella idea. The idea that you just want to take a look and think about it again, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that where, if we can shift a little bit, is where the problem comes in as to how this was implemented right. specifically over the weekend. But, but here's the thing, though, too, is and it was a horrible rollout, you know, logistically and PR-wise. Uh, but here's the thing. It was, uh, if, it was if, like a new Coke kind of rollout. Yeah, if you're going to do something like Sorry. that... You know, he talks about all the stuff. Well, why does everyone have to say everything? Why can't they work on vetting processes behind the scenes without making this into a whole thing? You know, why not make this a, a you know, if you're talking about a blanket, you should be working on everybody coming in the country from every part. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that I, have come to Europe yeah. that, you know, you could say that too, that are, that have uh, terrorism threats that came from France and other places that have, that have emigrated there. So you should be looking across the board and you should do it behind the scenes. You don't have to make it into a big political move, see how the vetting process works for the next three to four months. If you don't feel that it's working right, you can make the changes behind the scenes, increase it, change it, whatever you have to do, without doing this overall ban that that doesn't really stop what they're claiming it's going to do. To your point, the way that this ought to have been implemented was that, you know, over the next couple weeks, more and more people coming into the country were like... Boy, that sure took a lot longer at the airport than it used to. <laughs> oh well, you know, let's go, let's go out to dinner. You know what I mean? It, it should be that sort of on the level of it. it would be a, the people who were actually going through the maybe extra layer of like, let's sit down and talk in this room for a little bit because you come from this country. But yeah, it's the the big huge rollout of it, which of course is what happens when you do have a president who was literally a game show host. Right, know? and you don't have your team in place yet. You don't have the State Department people yeah. in place yet. You don't, Obviously, the Attorney General. You don't have the certain facets of the government that you should have at this point to be setting something up like this. Uh, and that's why we, you know, you can go into the whole you know, Sally Yates thing and all well, that, too. I mean, I mean and that's yeah. part of the problem is you don't have your team in place yet. So this should have been something that you should wait for and be doing behind the scenes without rolling this out and making yeah. a big plot. Because to me, it's now just a political thing. And it's not anything to do with really keeping us any more safe. Right. I it's don't just... know that it actually will keep us any more safe. And to your point earlier, it could very well make us less, less yeah. safe. And unfortunately, we will find out if that is the case. Let's talk about Sally Yates, who there was a brief moment that everyone was applauding her. And, uh, you know, <laughs> she was someone who was, you know... Probably not that excited about being the the interim. acting, yeah, the yeah. interim. And she didn't want that role, so she was like, "I think that I'll probably just go out in a blaze of glory." You know? Right, and, and she and she knew that, and she yeah. did. And yeah, when right. she gets her show on MSNBC, right. it's going to be because of that, <laughs> or becomes governor of Georgia, or where whatever, she's from. <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, the next chapter yeah. of the Susan Yates story is. 
But, you know, the fact that she was fired and the outrage over it, you know, you don't like the president. Okay, we get that. The president, you're saying, oh, the president has made this a priority and he signed it into law. I am not going to enforce it. You're going to get fired. You know, right. we've seen that happen for presidents in, in any administration right. or, you know, either party, I mean. So it, it was not really a surprise. No. But uh, obviously it got a lot of attention. And look, on a legitimate level, which I sort of made light of this being a good career move. She clearly did not feel comfortable about doing it. And you should take that stand. And people did take a stand. We saw all the people that showed up at the airports mm-hmm. and people that, that went out and, you know, supported, you know, whether it be online. But the airports were the thing that was more visible. And to the extent that maybe I don't understand it as well, do you, Chelsea, and you, Scott, do you feel like the people who actually saw that this was happening got up and went out and, you know, they, they gathered and they protested. Do you feel like that had an immediate impact and a long-term impact to this? I'll ask you on first, who? Uh, yeah. on, on this legislation and how it's enforced uh, going forward. Well, I don't think that these protests probably get into the psyche of Trump himself. He right. is sort of delusional enough right. to He's twist things world. into. Mm. But He was perhaps- blaming Delta on... On, yeah. With their computer outage on Twitter, Unreal. he was blaming them for that, not not protesters Unreal. or even acknowledging them. So, so but yeah. the only hope is that people around him have a conscience, and um, and like I always say, that it keeps that the more of us are waking up to what is going on. I think a lot of people have been sort of in denial that really evil can take over. I mean, I, I it, it's because I haven't witnessed like outright evil in my lifetime, like a Holocaust or something like that. And I know it's happened on the other side of the world, but it seems so distant that it, it like, can't be real. And then now it's, like, maybe a a Holocaust-type situation, like a horrible thing like that could happen again in our lifetime that we will either witness or be victim of, that it is really really real and people are waking up to it protesting i love the protest whether or not they're effective um in changing anybody's um the administration at all is almost besides the point it is more important that americans stand up and that slowly start to pull everybody into this awakened state so that hopefully we can put a clamp on this in two years, if not sooner. Right, and I think it's very important for that. Uh, but kind of going back to Sally Yates sure. is that I think, you know, on one hand, she had a right to do what she wanted to do, and she did. She had a right to stand up to this. Uh, and it's funny because Jeff Sessions even had a whole thing that he had asked her, like, should you be able to speak up against the president if you feel something is unconstitutional or whatnot? So, you know, it's not a surprise yeah. that she did. Uh, she knew she was leaving. This was temporary. So yeah. she was able to get herself out there and but, make herself a household name. I mean, we name. can say that the... Attorney General is not supposed to be loyal to the president, right? And that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Jeff Sessions, and that's the, the ironic thing, the one that you know is going through the, the nomination right now, actually had asked her that same thing: Can you be, uh, can you separate yourself from the president and speak up when you need to? So on one hand, yes, you know it's not a surprise. On the other hand, you're absolutely right. The president has a right to fire her, and you would have expected that. And she knew that when she was doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It was only a matter of time, and she knew she was only there temporarily. Um, and and he almost had to do it too because if he didn't, then automatically neuters his presidency right there because if yeah you, it's a weekend you can't have so you knew that was going like to happen that, yeah. but again my problem was the release that they put out 
you know, it's one thing that they couldn't just relieve her of her duties and everything. What they had to do is say, you know, that she betrayed, you know, him and and the laws and that she's weak and weak on immigration and she's an Obama nominee. Like, that's the problem that I have, again, is that he can't ever seem to just let it go and be, you know, we relieved her of her duties, uh, you know, whatever the case is, instead of having to go and yeah, tear her down. She, weak course. on and immigration, weak on borders, weak on this. And it was a terrible release. And again, it just makes us as a country well, look... It, it was a release that I think if if you you peel the White House masthead off of the yeah. top of it, it actually said from the desk of Sean Hannity. You could really tell <laughs> it's because just... it, it was just like okay, so so that's where we're at. And look, they had right. every reason to be upset, right? That but that again, happened. that's but not there's the a way type, to word it. Right, that's yeah. not the way you yeah. put it out there. And again, it makes us look bad. So again, I I understand and I understand both sides of it, and I know that she had the right to do what she did. We knew that Trump had the right to fire her and would would have done that, and she knew that. But again, it's the way they handle it that is just wrong and terrible. To fire her and, was the wrong thing to do. Right, but he had a right to do that, and, and that's not where I have the problem. I have what, more of the problem with the way that they handled it again, and that was the type of what, Once she and, took and, that stand, I, there, there, sure was, that there was, was no right. other choice for him to do. He, well, he from, had to from, fire her. From the egomaniac perspective, no from, choice. From a, but I'm from the president, a, But from I'm a legal, constitutional, could have left it alone. I mean, he can fire anybody he right. wants and he to. He could have left it alone. He could have left it alone. You're right. Listen, an, but uh, an employer can fire a woman for being pregnant. Doesn't mean it's lawful. Are you saying that Susan Yates was pregnant? You heard it here first in <laughs> the Trump report. Um, to backtrack but, to, oh, go ahead. No, no, no but I was going to say the last thing is, is, is that it's really going to help her in the long run because now oh, she's absolutely. a household name that she wasn't really before. You know, she's going to go out there, like you said, she's going to have a talk show, she, probably book offers. Uh, people are she, trying to convince her to run for keynote, governor of Georgia. She will keynote one of the nights you know? of the DNC in 2020. Right. She, so, she will, you know, it'll be a big night. Uh, so to, it worked for her. To a point a, that Chelsea made earlier that, hero. you know, whether or not another Holocaust could happen. It's very likely to happen somewhere that we're starting to take less refugees from. It could happen in Syria. So some would say that that sort of thing, it's you know, obviously already not, happened not camps and, and the no, same but, exact sort of organization. But in terms of the, you know, elimination of the general populace. Yeah. And again, it's it's so far away, we, we don't think of it. And there's something to be said for having all of these, these uh, Syrian refugees show up. You know, you hear the stories of the families that got turned away because they had applied. And, you know, it, it was, look, it was a nightmare on multiple levels, but it was, a, it was a bad PR nightmare. I mean, there was a story that I saw about a, an Iranian woman who'd lived here for seven years. She was getting her PhD and she couldn't get back, even though she had a green card. And the, the, the article that I referenced from the, the National Review mentioned that, you know, up until the point where people with green cards were turned away, they they didn't give it an endorsement, but they, they understood the reasoning for it. But if that's something that continues to happen, but that it, is a, a major problem. It's, it's unconstitutional right, to discriminate against somebody based on where they come from or for religious reasons. It's sure. just... But then people will that. have to challenge that. And, and they, I don't actually know what the ACLU accomplished when they they showed up. It seemed like some of those cases that were sort of in limbo, people who were tied up for a while, those did get moved along. I don't know that it fixed this. I well, do know that my social media was a lot happier all of a sudden because of the people <laughs> that I follow. Because the, it shows... Because we had a taste of the checks and balances that exist in our democracy, and the court stood up and said, no, this is not going to fly. Very likely it's mm-hmm. not going to fly, so we're going to stop it. And so you you get a sense of reprieve from the fact that 
we, we don't have a dictatorship. We've got a system of checks and balances and that at some point the courts will step in and do what's right. So that's why everybody was excited about it. But then the fact that Department of Homeland Security ignored it gets frightening all over again. And people were told that they could disobey it in there. And uh, But I think what I was going to say, going back to the reprieve, is the sure. fact that they were basically had said, like you said earlier, is like green card holders were being denied. And that's wrong. If they have a green card, they've been properly vetted. They're, they're immigrants. Immigrants have their green card. Non-immigrants have a visa. So if you have a green card, and that was part of the problem, is they were being stopped, they were being hassled, and that should not happen. They have the right yeah, to come it, into the country just like anyone if, else. If with a you US have a passport. reason that you're concerned about specific people with green cards, that, then there, you know, there's there's a process you can follow. You can, but that's already happened, and they have their green right. card, and so that's that was the problem, and that's where the ACLU really stepped yeah. in to make sure that these people that had green cards and had the proper paperwork and had everything were able to get through and not be detained. But and, so, and, so you thought the ACLU was ineffective and that no, they should I not actually be doing was, anything? No, no, I, not that I thought that they didn't do it, that they shouldn't be doing anything. I was wondering legitimately because I didn't understand. In the moment, it seemed like it was a big deal. Now that we've had a couple days, I wasn't sure if it had actually helped. That's all I was I was asking, not in the way where I knew the answer, which, as a lawyer, you know, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. I didn't know the answer. <laughs> so, But that's why we're here. We're here to talk about these things, and we could talk about this issue all day, but there is one other thing we should get to, and some people would say that all of this maybe was a, a, a little bit of a diversionary tactic away from the fact that uh, Steve Bannon is uh, going to have a role in the National Security Council. Now, a there role. were a lot of articles <laughs> like, about how he needs Senate confirmation, but if you look deep enough, he's not... He's not an actual chair on the Security Council. Yeah. It's some, like, secondary advisory committee. So, no, he doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. And just... there were people, very respected, very smart people, who were very excited that they tweeted it out. Jonathan Alter, I, he, he was the one who tweeted it, and everybody's like, great. And then other people who were also happened to be very smart but just disagree with him were like, actually, no, that's not the case. And, you know, so it's... I've uh, made, you know we've first talked about Steve Bannon on Trump versus Hillary. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's someone who's not sitting here right now, who kind of brushed it off like, "Ah, oh, Steve Bannon's not going to make any difference." Uh, maybe I'll pull that clip, but if I do, <laughs> I'll show <laughs> it to the person who'll make him <laughs> yes, cry. Uh, hi, Drexel. I hope you're watching. <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and this yeah. and this, I've been seeing a lot of articles about like, are we being gaslighted? Are we being distracted mm-hmm. by something like this ban? When really, the Other bigger evil on. is is. Bannon and the consolidation mm-hmm. of power. And so... And their shadow government, like they like to call it, without having to deal with checks and balances. I'm waiting for the word Bilderberg. I haven't heard it yet. But uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. Look, I've made no bones since that, what I referenced earlier on the uh, Trump versus Hillary. I don't know Steve Bannon, but I definitely know people who know him. And all I said early on is that he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I continue to say bad he's a bad ombre. guy. Yes. I'm, I'm, That's the know, bad ombre that should be that vested. That is definitely a bad ombre. And, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Some of these people that are being uh, for these high positions in his cabinet and everything else are vetted less than they're trying to vet these people coming into our country. I mean, I, these people saw, that are totally unqualified. I saw have an article that that uh, quoted the executive order. You know, when it was all about. Mm. Um, 
the people, the kinds of people that we want to keep out. And then it was like, well, then why don't we just get Trump and Bannon to cross the border yeah, and they right. will not be able to get back in. <laughs> Do extreme betting they, on them because they don't fit the criteria. By, by the yeah. way, as a quick aside, we'll get back to Bannon yeah. in a second. But I saw that uh, the way that they have to build the wall because of the way that the Rio Grande flows, uh, there are people who live in Texas who are going to be on the wrong side of the wall, yeah. the way that they're planning to build it. But Actually, anyway, I, okay. I, I reposted a, an article um, that suggested that we make the wall out of solar panels. And I said, this may be a wall I could get behind. Yeah, same with me. I know. I did see that article. Um, and that would be, uh, the Southwest, that would be fantastic. Brilliant. Power Just and, brilliant. You know. But then the wall would cost so much more than it's Actually, already Actually, I don't cost. think so. No. Oh, but I'm sorry. Mexico's going to pay for it. So they could right, build it better. They and could then, put then, gold <laughs> flakes on top of Which, of course, Trump would love that. But my point and about... And the, the idea that a wall is going um, to to deter people is just so false. Um, I've, I've spoken to many people in Mexico, Guatemala, Costa Rica. Like, I don't think people really understand the desperation that people have. I mean, there was a, 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 the, the thing that people already go through to get here, um, are, are so horrific. I have sat there and I have listened to people tell me the stories of what they've gone through and witnessed not even having to do with the wall itself and and I've asked people if there's a wall built if there are people standing there with machine guns ready to to blow you away would you still try it and they say yes I have no choice I feel like I have no choice so a wall is going to be a deterrent Please, uh, right, right. Jason chimes in that uh, the whale would pay for the whale. The wall <laughs> would pay for itself with federal solar tax credits, which he threw an LOL <laughs> in there. So see, we can have fun in the chat. Uh, the, he had an interesting point before that. Uh, I wish liberals would decide whether Trump is an idiot with no experience or an evil genius who is secretly setting up sleight of hand tricks to stage an executive branch coup. And it's true. Both of those They're, narratives do seem to be running, running parallel. They, they do. And but both are be possible. True. Well, yeah. it's possible if, if yeah. the second category is You can be an idiot and, and genius. An idiot when it comes to the Constitution and right. a genius when it comes, it comes to, to evil. Doing your, so I don't think that those are mutually exclusive. With other people. Yeah. You can be the, the manipulated, you know, sort of like the puppet, and you can have other people pulling the strings that are that are helping mm-hmm. with the, the evil doings. Yes, and speaking um, of evil, uh, to get back to Steve yeah. Bannon for a moment, all I was going to say is, you know, I, I don't even need to get to the point where I try to figure out if he's a neo-Nazi. You can... Decide for yourself if you think that's true. Before I get anywhere near that, I already know he's a bad guy, and I, he shouldn't. But, but he shouldn't regardless, have that kind he, of shouldn't, he, he shouldn't have that kind of access. Regardless, good, bad, any president, I would be uncomfortable if you know Hillary Clinton was doing the same well, thing with having her. I, I would not want that person there over the DNI or the Joint Chiefs right. of Staff on and, a regular. And, and those two are not going to be on, a, that, on the that's regular. The that's issue the problem. Is that they were, you know, the White House says that they were not demoted, but it's sort of a, a more symbolic. Like, yeah, they they seem like they're sort of marginalized compared to his role the, being up, upgraded and theirs being like they don't have to be there. The regularly. White House will make the point that uh, David Axelrod would walk in and out of Security Council meetings, but at the same time, he didn't have. They didn't name him to right. They didn't have a chair sitting yeah. there for him that yeah. he's in there every single uh, meeting and, that, and that's where I have the problem with that is that person should not have that kind of unfettered access and that sets a, again a dangerous precedence for any future uh, people to have that kind of access as well and it's 
Jason, not, I think you good. really boiled it down perfectly that uh, Trump is basically Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> um, I think we're all Inspector Gadget, uh, except, uh, you know, we, we, need, uh, we, need a Gadget. we need a penny who can yeah, uh, sort right. of figure things out for us. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we really, I think we talked about three things today. And uh, I, I didn't try and get overly ambitious, but... You weren't here last week, Chelsea, and we only have a, about a minute or so, maybe two minutes. Um, do you want to weigh in on TPP at all? Because that oh, was, yeah, last week we, we would have loved to have talked to you about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that we're not going forward with the TPP. Uh, I question the motives sure. and if mm-hmm. he's going to replace it with something worse, which actually hadn't even occurred to me until, until I talked actually... to Drexel about it. He's like, do you think he's going to pass or try and get something passed that's even more corporate friendly? And I was like, dear God, mm-hmm. I didn't even Leave know that Drexel. Yeah, possible. Right? <laughs> Gave me a new kind of nightmare. So, yeah, woohoo for the TPP. Uh, not... But what's going to happen in the future? That was my concern, yes. too. yes. Well, I, I'm glad you were able to say that succinctly because, you know, the clock is not our friend. It never is here no. on Trump, uh, the Trump Report. I almost two called quick, it... Two quick things. Please. That I want to say that at least are positive. Uh, and while well, I'm going to leave neutral because, you know, Trump did leave the Obama uh, LGBT... Yes, I did actually federal, want to talk about that. You know, I'm glad you executive it order in place for now. It doesn't make me feel any better, but at least it's neutral for the moment. Um, the other good thing, which actually didn't come from a progressive, but I actually do agree with is Governor Bill Haslam of Tennessee. The Republican governor there has wanted to do free community college for Tennessee residents. He wants to give uh, postgraduate uh, graduation rates up to 55% in Tennessee and I will definitely stand behind that. To give uh, state residents free community college is a huge step in the right direction if it's Republican, Democrat, or whatever. We, you know, we saw that in New York. That's a plan they want to do now and we'll see how it's going to work out in Tennessee. They want to uh, cover it with federal Pell Grants and also the state lottery to help uh, allow anyone that wants to go as a state resident to two-year community college for free, which I think is fantastic. If only someone ran for president who wanted to maybe, I don't know, give people you know college educations, but you know, it just didn't happen. So I want to do a to... quick plug for... Please. I'm not, not sure. So tomorrow I head to D.C. to attend a conference. You're going to get arrested again. This time, not intentionally. <laughs> okay, fair enough. At least that's not my It'll friend. It'll be a better right story now. if you get arrested yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, right, because I'm not planning on it. Right. Yeah, no, this is for a conference <laughs> called Sister Giant. It's a mm. progressive conference that can you can either go to D.C. or you can live stream at SisterGiant.com. Bernie will be speaking on Thursday evening, a number of others um, the, from the progressive wing of the Democratic Party will be speaking too, and I'm excited to go. I'm not excited for the cold. I'm a little no. nervous about <laughs> well, that. It just got warm here again, <laughs> finally. Yep. And but, uh, over there. but yeah. Well, great. Can't wait to hear all about it. I know. Next week. I hope you'll you, you'll be back next week. I never know, know. because you see, look at it. You're She's going off to watch it. It's true. I know. I'm just jealous. But anyway, uh, we are out of time. Thank you to everybody who was in the chat. We really appreciated it. It was a very important part of the show. It always is. So if you're able to watch live, please join us. If not, follow us on Twitter at Trump Report ABTV, and of course, uh, like us on YouTube. Comment, rate. Uh, definitely write a little review on iTunes. It only takes a minute and it actually helps the show a lot. For Scott Moore at S-Man 80, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. And my personal podcast, The Blattcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. We're doing a live YouTube stream right after the Super Bowl. It's a little plug there. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing that on Sunday, so check that out. But we will see you back here next Tuesday at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern, on The Trump Report. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.